were bad, but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Daydream Believers Podcast. I am your host, Space Orphan 18. And today we've reached the end of season six, and we're gonna do a lot of talk about the music of season six. So awesome. And then um joining me are people who've talked about music before, so I will let them introduce themselves. Okay, sure thing. Uh hi, I'm Honeysuckle Pink on uh pretty much all platforms where I do my fandom thing. Uh you can just simply call me Pink. Um and yeah, yeah, I'm very excited to be on the music podcast for season six. I'm looking forward to being on the general music podcast. For those who don't know on podcast before, uh I'm a previous radio DJ. Uh, and I do a lot of stuff with music history and music and pop culture. So I've been looking forward to this one. Yay. Hi, I'm Kitty and I am Slayer Kitty on Tumblr and I am nowhere near that cool, but I've been <laughs> on pretty much all the music podcasts. So it's a lot of fun to talk about the music. Awesome. And I'm Carol Jane um, or Carly and I just really like music. <laughs> Let's. There you go. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. all you need. Okay, so Pink, you said you had okay. something you wanted to kick off the podcast with. <clears throat> yes, I have an opening statement uh, because first, uh, before my statement, a suggestion uh, that this podcast episode has a subtitle. If it does, that it would be no thanks to that dude from the British boy band that wasn't One Direction, so no one cared. <laughs> this is a message. For the lead singer of The Wanted, Max George, who I had to look up this morning, his name and band were so forgettable. You hijacked oh, no. our final season. <laughs> I don't know who you blew or paid or whined to oh, in order to get all the songs and screen time you got, 
Maybe if we had gotten 22 episodes, it wouldn't have mattered as much. But the fact is, season six became the season of vocal adrenaline. And not the good kind with Jesse or Unique or Sunshine. With you. The only blessing is that your final song was what is considered the worst song of the 1980s, if not of all time. <laughs> Dress that was, We Built This City. A song that Grace Slick herself is properly ashamed of. I hope you are having fun, not in obscurity. One Direction lives on in our memory. The Wanted does not. The only good song you ever put out was Glad You Came. And the Warblers. The Warblers without Blaine, I might add. Get it better. Pink out. Um, that was one of the best things that this podcast has ever witnessed. Thank you. <laughs> Who's Max? Max George. He was the um, he was the lead singer of Vocal Adrenaline for this season. Who had mm-hmm. it, it? Yeah, he did a such an extended, and we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Then, um, yeah, just a lot of there was a lot of vo- unnecessary. <laughs> I think, in my opinion, unnecessary vocal adrenaline stuff, and a lot of it is because they brought in this Max George guy, who I've never heard of, um, and what. It's for someone who knows as much random glee knowledge as I apparently know. <laughs> I had too. no idea he was like from a music group. What is that? Yeah. Either I had, I care absolutely nothing about vocal adrenaline, <laughs> or by season six I was starting to check out. I'm not really sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I had no idea who he was when he was on the show, and like. I, I didn't so know he was supposed to be this famous guy or anything. Yeah, he yeah. was. I mean, they had kind of, they didn't really hype him up because not much piping up was being done by the time season six rolled around, except on um, MJ's big blog, which was mm-hmm. a American Idol blog that apparently that somehow became like a Glee slash reality music television blog anyway. Um, but was that was kind of a hyped up thing. Was blog, that, right? Was yeah, it was kind of a spoiler blog. Um, it wasn't like the Brazilians or anything like that, but it usually okay. had like some previews. It was kind of an official. Okay, here's what we know is coming up. Um, All right, I tended to avoid a lot of stuff like that, so that might be why I missed that information. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you couldn't have missed her site. It was all purple. <laughs> <laughs> and she and she really started as an American Idol blog, but then branched mm-hmm. out. Um, but it was, um, but yeah, she was one who had pointed out that oh, this guy's in the Wanted at the time. I think there was some kind of I think the Wanted and One Direction were kind of considered in the same circles. But no, they were not. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, but Wanted had that one song that actually was a big hit. Glad you came. Um, but as I said, I prefer the Warblers version. <laughs> but and so apparently they signed him on. He was apparently trying to break out with an acting career. His Wikipedia page is pitiful. I mean, there's not much after yeah. 2015. So it's uh so yeah, how'd that work out for you, Max? Oh my god. So let's break it down a little bit. Um, like well, let's talk about the warp. I'm uh, not the warp, the vocal adrenaline and the <laughs> abundance of it. And yeah. I I I get the opinion just based on some interviews and some stuff I've heard rumored around that some of the main cast didn't want to sing as much, uh, including Chris and Darren, which mm-hmm. seems a little weird from Darren to say that, but whatever. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. but um 
but in, in, in its place, and I don't know if they were just looking for something to fill up the obligation of music, because I was looking at the, the full list of stuff, and there, I feel like the music kind of settles into two categories. One, that is actually relevant to the plot, and two, mm-hmm. is kind of like 80s pop rock. And I feel like a lot of the 80s pop rock kind of gets shoved into the, the stories, because mm-hmm. it feels like they need to... Um, to uh, push in some of the songs like I, i'm looking mostly at the the heart locker episodes where they don't even i think there's so much plot so much story going on that they kind of just shoved in all of these 80s songs because yeah. they needed them and the and and vocal adrenaline feels just like hey we just need another song here let's give it to this guy that we've hired because he's a singer and <clears throat> the whole season's like that well a <laughs> lot of it also is that that really fits into will's character because that notice too. that I mean, vocal almost all the songs that Vocal Adrenaline did were '80s pop rock, and that's Will Schuster's wheelhouse in a nutshell. Um, do it was, we was, do we think that this is supposed to be? I don't know. It feels intentional because there's so many, but a throwback to season one. Yeah, I think I think that could be part of it. I mean, it's supposed to be like you know how how is a uh, show choir kind of shaped in the show choir director's image per se. And, uh, but I mean, to be fair, that's what exactly what um, new directions did in that um, in the first hurt locker. Well, second hurt locker episode is mm-hmm. they did all 80 songs too. I wonder how much of that was, um, was Rachel and Kurt going, well, what would Mr. Schuster do? He'd do a bunch of 80 songs. Well, weren't they pandering mm-hmm. to Sue? Oh, that's right. I think so. Oh, that's right. I think that whole theme was Sue's. Yeah, it was yeah. because it they, was all. They, that's right. Did all her favorite songs, so she would vote for them. Oh, that's right. Never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's well, right. They were. That was. That. But the thing was also. I think there was kind of. Was there a theme? Because I'm pretty sure that was the entire episode. Even the. Um, even the Warblers. Yeah, Warblers and Vocal Adrenaline both did eighties a lot of eighties stuff too. There's and, only yeah. two songs the that ent- are from the entire that, list are that in those two episodes. And they're in part one and I think they're towards the beginning of part one. Yep. Yeah. In fact I think the only okay, the only two that were like ninety songs, well I don't know, Vanessa Carlton, isn't that like early two thousands? I think so. Uh, is it? I know it was associated with like ninety nine, but it could have been early two thousands. Well, early two thousands, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking because the first two songs that kick off the Hurt Locker aren't competition songs, yeah. but then all the rest of them are competition songs, and they're all eighties. They're all the mm-hmm. yeah. Vanessa Carlton is two thousand two. Oh, okay, thanks. Yep. So, well, my mind must have like blocked out Clint and and um, <laughs> the vocal adrenaline because Thankfully. like they're. Not what defined this season musically for me at all. Like, what defines me is mostly the the tributes to like uh, Carol King, Alanis Morissette, and uh, Burt Bacharach. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that for a second. Um, oh. First, we get. Oh, go ahead. No, no. Okay. I was just saying. Go ahead. I was just oh. saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Bacharach. laughs> well, th- I think this is fascinating because we have two tribute episodes or two. Yeah, two tribute episodes in this season. And the first one is one that I think is amazing. Um, the the Carol King and the Lannis Morissette, they mashed them together, and I, yeah. I'm just amazed because I didn't think you know when you first think of it, like really that doesn't seem like it makes sense. Yeah. But I think these performances totally. were great. They were. Yeah, I was on that episode. Not 
actual episode <laughs> on that podcast. Episode. <laughs> you were sitting, in, you were in the, the the between the sheets looking for sheet music, weren't you, Pink? Isn't yeah, it? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. I I was fine on this. It's just like you know, I was just like, and I can say as, as an eyewitness, that was not Dave Karofsky. That actually was a giant tuba. So, <laughs> oh my god. Um, but, yeah, it had some of the best mashups. One of my absolute favorite mashups was. Um, was the one that, oh God, now I'm blanking out. I'm sorry. It's because husband is back behind me doing shower things. Um, <laughs> dang it. Uh, okay. Scroll through, scroll through. Where's, I've got my, I've got my, uh, I love it. In my will you love me tomorrow? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Will you love me tomorrow? Head head over feet. Feet. Oh my God. Oh yeah. yeah. Even without, even without all the clean, heavy related things to that, it's so, such a gorgeous, they do such a gorgeous job on that. And it is one of my favorites of this entire season. Those two songs worked really well together as a mashup and then their voices sound really good together on it. Yeah. And on, I was already shipping them by this day. So I was just like, claim who's claim I'm shipping Mason from like Jason or Mason. I don't know. I think, I think maybe their ship name was Jason. So I actually didn't pay enough attention to them to find out that they had a ship name, but I did think they were cute. They were adorable. They were so happy with each other. I was disappointed. They didn't get higher on the duet uh, round. We did a, we did a, um, a a tournament for the duets, and I was I was glad they got for through the first round. I was disappointed they didn't get higher, but there was good competition there. Yeah, um, but mm-hmm. if they had more time, they probably would have if they'd been on screen more and stuff. So. Yeah. Um. So I thought the hand in my pocket uh, duet too was was yeah. great. The, that was um. Santana I don't and Brittany's. hate it. It's not like my least favorite song, but I, it's not as good as. The other ones in the episode, I think. I I just love those uh, those songs, both of them. So yeah, yeah. I, I I think. Oh, go ahead, Carly. I I think it was just really interesting to mix up Alanis and um, Carol King because, like, the, stylistically, they're they're not exactly the same at all. Um, but thematically, it works. Yeah, yeah, they're both like they said. They're both like breakups uh, albums, mm-hmm. and. Um, and they're just two powerful 20th century uh, female songwriters. They are. And, like, but iconic. Also, yeah. But it also gives you that contrast between, you know, the 70s and the 90s and kind of how kind of empowerment and girl power has evolved in most years. It's like yeah. with, with there was some melancholiness with Carol King. And by the time you get to the mid 90s and Gen X, it's like, we're just fucking pissed. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, I have to say my favorite Alanis uh, cover in the season was the first song of the season. Uninvited. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how other people felt about that song, but like that made me for almost forgive Rachel for screwing up creep. Yeah, <laughs> I will say okay. So uh, two things, because uh, first of all, um, I just want to throw out there that in the Jagged Little Tapestry episode, that's the last time we get mashups. Um, so I think they were trying to like get that kind of thing in there one last time. Um, and then there we don't are also more mashups. no solos, solo songs in this episode. It's either duets and then there's like a group number. That's right. a thing throughout the entire season, though. There really aren't uh, solos and duets. Yeah. It's mostly group pieces but yeah um, all the solos are, are most the the new, new directions and rachel 
<laughs> which is understandable. Um, and then um, on uninvited, I just you know I I think one of the neat things about the opening uh, episode is that we get a lot of really emotional pieces and a lot of things that really speak towards the plot. Mm-hmm. And I mean, when they aren't doing the stupid like vocal adrenaline '80s stuff, I mean, some of those songs are good songs, but like it's yeah. just too much. They get stuff that goes with the plot. And then the nice thing is like. You know, we get all of this stuff here in the first couple episodes that are really plot driven, and that's it, it's nice to see that again, which I it is. Yeah, what I love about Uninvited, well, first of all, I, I like that it was a, a PR wise, she said that um, Leah Michelle chose the song that it's like one of her favorite songs, which really surprises me because it doesn't seem like her type of song. Uh, but I don't know if I'd agree with that. Okay, is it me or I get the impression Leah got to choose all of her songs. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, I at this point, I think the writers like, just went, what do you want to sing? Yeah, but he just walked in and said, okay, whatever you guys want to do. It's like, here's the script, what do you want to sing? What do you think? We, want, oh, we as writers have already checked out so you just tell us what you want to do and we'll do it. See, I will hundred percent agree with that because I, I think that this particular actually, season I do is very that, I think it is better than some previous seasons. So it's actually one of my more favorite seasons. Mm-hmm. That song though, like it it fits the plot, like it the it sets that tone for that that episode. Like you feel like like unsettled oh, and yeah. like yeah. It, it, it is. It's not. It's not Glee, but it's sort of Glee. It's like first season Glee kind of feeling. Like, yeah. well, so this is the comedy. Season. It really is. Yeah, it really yeah felt it does. Like they it's... were, they were really trying to recapture that. And I know that they probably at this point they had lost the majority of their initial audience. Yeah. But for those of us who'd been there, especially for those of us who'd been there since. The special yeah, airing of oh, the yeah. their audience was the they Die Hard really, fans. The, yeah, their, yeah, their were, audience were two things: were the Die Hard so fans. They were us. They, they were the Die Hard fans, but they were also the people like Sir Blaine, who was just like, "God damn it, I have sat through the Sam Smith <laughs> show for five <laughs> years, and I ain't leaving until one of these motherfuckers is dead." According to Sir Blaine, these are the same people <laughs> I might add that probably stuck around for the end of Game of Thrones. Oh my goodness. Um, so before we get into that mess, um, let's also talk about um, the one and only Disney song that the show did, um, which is a tragedy, really. But um, oh, we did play uh, Bella Notte. It's also a Disney oh. song. In but wasn't the show. Uh, True, love- but the, that wasn't written for Disney. Wasn't that a song before Lady and Tramp did it? Uh, I can check. Y'all go ahead okay. and keep talking about uh, uh, right. Adele Dazeem and I'll look this up. <laughs> but yeah, let it go. Well, I mean, I think one of the reasons why they went towards that one is because it was originally covered by Adina Menzel. Well, yeah, they probably so really had Shelby, and and I can only imagine what Ryan had to promise Disney in order to get to do it. But okay, here's the thing. Not though. only that, it's also that was the the song of the like. Let me throw this out there, though, because I think it's fascinating now that Disney owns Fox. Have, if Glee aired now, they would be Oh, doing... my God. They would be doing a Disney episode <laughs> every fucking season. <laughs> we would have hated it. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. So we'd be so um, over it. Yeah. Darren but, would have uh, loved it. <laughs> okay, so okay, so so according to this, it was written for Lady and the Tramp. Oh, okay. I take it back then. I take my I rescind my comment. Still two and six seasons. You would think that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there, but Disney's prices are so high. I, I mean, what I was going to say the the cost of doing that song, especially as popular as Let It Go was right then. I can only imagine how much they would have had to pay for that. But I mean, well, they did Beatles, and Beatles are like pretty protected. Yeah, I mean, the only other way they would have done Disney is if if the show aired on ABC. Yeah, because ABC was owned by, is owned by Disney. Yeah, um, because notice that American Idol never did a Disney episode until they got moved to ABC, and now they do a Disney episode every season. Along with I have watched them in years, so I have no idea what they do now. It's Katy Perry for one thing. Oh my goodness! It's Katy Perry, Lionel Richie, and Luke Bryan are the judges, and it's not even fun. Yeah, they don't even have like the awful loser, terrible uh, auditions. Like they do, but they just kind of shuffle up off into one little segment, and that's it. Well, they used to get a lot of complaints that they were doing it too much, which I also agree with, but. Mm -hmm. They they lost that happy medium between wow this person is awful and has no idea and oh my god this person's amazing. Yeah, they moved that over to America's Got Talent that I as I recently discovered. That's <laughs> <laughs> why Because Simon, yet, Alpha, Simon Gallup production. Exactly. So. All right, back. To okay, so back into this. Um, so let's go and I want to talk about I'm going to save all the curtain blades up for last so um, let's talk about um, homecoming real quick and the introduction of the newbies and how awesome we think they are because I think you you know you've got um, Roderick who's Noah Guthrie and and um, Jane so was Samantha fun. Ware and even the twin they were just so good and the songs yeah. that they do in the season I just think are really spot on and really good and I really enjoyed them they, they are. I really enjoyed the songs of that second episode because just, you know, the artists alone were really great. And, of course, look at what they're doing now. Um, Noah Guthrie still does a lot of great stuff. He was actually on America's Got Talent um, about a season ago. And uh, Samantha, Samantha Marie. Samantha Ware goes to. She did Hamilton. Hamilton in she did Chicago, Hamilton right? In Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. She did Hamilton. And then she has. A lot of these Glee people have gone on to do the show What If on Netflix, which I haven't watched, but I, uh, I hear you get to see Blake Jenner's ass, and that's about it. Um, <laughs> I've never even heard of it. What is that? It's, um, it's some weird ass Black Mirror esque thing. Oh. Like, okay. I think so. Well. But, I was going to say, let's talk about Child Star 2, just throw that in there. I mean, because I get a lot of showcase in there. Um, yeah, because we get Byron. introduced to um, jo uh, Josie Tota. Um, mm -hmm. And she was, uh, obviously, uh, sh this was before her transition uh, mm -hmm. when she was billed as JJ. Um, but Josie was hilarious in that. <laughs> I mean, there was a little part of me that was just like, oh my God, we're bringing on somebody new. Like, just oh, seriously, yeah. like at the freaking end now. But my God, the chandelier, the... Okay, the, that, the that was really good. Okay, that... So as a character in Child Star, I kind of just... You really got, got, so yeah, Rachel, got I mean, that on was my point. 
I loved like, how Rachel and Myra acted towards each other. And then Myra I, with um with uh, Kitty. Kitty. Yeah, it was hilarious. Okay, I, enjoyed, like, I enjoyed him with Kitty, but I didn't. Uh, a lot of the episode, I kind of just wanted to put him in timeout. <laughs> yeah, Myron needed. Myron getting way too. I agree that there was too much screen time for a character for episodes five episodes of the end that we didn't need. But at the same time, like they were very talented. So I will. You know, I, I, while I don't particularly care for the choice, I at least think, again, the performances of that episode are really strong, and I, I they, will they agree with that, yes. Brought yeah, on some retros- really good... In retrospect, it's it's great to look back, and it was, it was great. It, it gave us some great Glee moments, but at the time, oh my god, fandom was hating Myron. <laughs> it's like, why'd you bring him on? Why'd you... Like, add, why'd you add Josie, like, another actor into, like, the mix of a hundred actors that and we have? Almost, like, and then after that, I almost <laughs> felt like the writers going, oh, okay, okay, we understand. You don't want as much of that. No, we don't. You want more Sue. No! Okay, speaking of that's a great segue. I, I do want to shout out to the most on-the-nose thing that they've ever done. Um, and had Sue sing bitch because that if yep. that's not the most perfect song choice for that character. I, just, I don't even I, know what to tell you. Is, is there a reason that they just didn't do it sooner? Or did they just say, you know what, standards and practices wouldn't let us do it in the first few seasons, but yeah. Well, they don't care, so we're gonna what do are they going to do? Want? Cancel us? Whatever, <laughs> whatever. I'll do what I want. <laughs> we'll pay that fine, god damn it. Oh my god! <laughs> I you know it, I agree with there's too much to in the season, but that particular thing was just so that on the nose. Really, and it's like we'll, it's like we'll pay the, the money we save from fire, the money we save from a salary by firing the the head of the Fox who greenlit this in the first place. <laughs> that final um, countdown was the best description uh, of Sue's character over the last six seasons, though, because there are so many unexplainable things about her character that don't seem like they should all exist in one character. But then she sings this song. And you're like, oh, OK, she doesn't even know why she's like that. Goodness. <laughs> Um, so the final countdown was another like fabulous. Oh my gosh! Just oh, the way they did it, and then the like production. everybody walking in, and they're and like, they said it's in their head. Like the va- the thing, the great thing about that entire performance is that it's almost like the perfect way to kind of end that era. It's like the the curtain, the the veil has been lifted, the curtain is gone. We see the man behind the curtain. It's like, <laughs> oh, and then you wonder if don't break out at the song in real song life. that they've done for the last six years has just been all in their heads. Oh, yeah. And the rest of the it has been staring at them like they're absolutely insane. No wonder the school hates them. <laughs> it's like, no wonder the school hates them. I was just like, God, oh, don't God, join, please. They're insane. You should see the stuff that they do. <laughs> I, I, like, I think I saw them run around half naked singing Katy Perry songs on the stage. You know, Paul's yeah. on. Yeah. I'm pretty and sure they're violating at least three school dress code rules. <laughs> oh my God. But no, I think Pink Definitely. is on the nose with that. Like, I, I love that at the end they show, okay, so I know you guys always criticize us for all of these fantasy sequences, but this is what it really looked but, like in r- the reality of that particular place because it no, was so. 
Because by the end of the series, it's just like it was, we were back to, it was just like, okay, you either sing in the choir room or you sing in competition, which is where people normally sing. If you're not singing there or you're on stage and otherwise you're insane. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So moving forward a little bit, let's talk about Burt Backrack and the 900 songs in this. (laughs) gosh. What? Sorry, y'all. I actually love this episode. I, do, I think the music is great. Yeah. I'm just being obnoxious it, about it. Okay, so I actually I, I do like Burt Bacharach. Well, so. a quick little story. But my very first exposure to even who or what Burt Bacharach was, um, I was a I was a big Python fan. I was I I was raised right. My parents raised me on Monty <laughs> Python Blackadder. And so, you ever see? There's a movie called Monty Python: The Meaning of Life. And at one point, this one of the segments of Meaning of Life is during middle age, and this couple go to this resort, and they don't know what to talk about at dinner, and so they have these little um, things about these little cards where you, it's like conversation starters. And so they start trying to talk about philosophy, and we're like, well, what's philosophy? And we're like, what's about the meaning of life? He's like, you know, Burt Baccarat sings a lot about it. <laughs> Those songs that talk about a lot of the meaning of life. And then there's, they start talking about Burt Bacharach and Hal David. And I'm like, I'm like nine. I don't know who these people are. But um, eventually it just kind of crept into the um, kind of into my knowledge. And then you would hear Burt Bacharach songs. And mm-hmm. it was kind of as a joke. But then I was like, hey, this guy did some really great songs. And you hear the Dion Warwick stuff. And I still, when I still think I'm never going to fall in love again, the first thing I think of is the Austin Powers when Elvis Costello and Burt Bacharach are singing it. Um, <laughs> and Mike Myers is dancing with Heather Graham. And it's, oh, yeah. Would you like to know a- what I think of when I think I'm never going to fall in love again? It's actually a cover of that song from, uh, what is it? Get Over It, which is an underappreciated romantic comedy with Betty Foster and Kirsten Dunst. Huh. Okay. Also, Cisco has a role in it. It was the late 90s, early 2000s. What do you want? Okay. Oh, I think Um, I I barely remember the movie. I think I I do remember Cisco. Martin Short's in it, and Colin Hanks is in it, and uh, oh my gosh. What is the name of the actress who's married to Ashton Kutcher? I can't think of her name. Demi Moore? No, there's a <laughs> Mila Kunis. Yes, they were on the 70s show together. She's in it too. So there's a lot of really popular people are in it, but this is like a really overlooked, underappreciated movie, but it's absolutely hysterical. Yeah. And then, of course, there is the, uh, oh God, the scene from uh, My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah. Oh, but that's the, that's the song. It's like in the first episode of Glee. That's the one that Diana, that Quinn. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, then there's the the one thing about what the world needs now is that like um, uh, that always sticks out to me just because wh- my parents used to do these home videos and sometimes they'd like to score them with music in the background. And there's one of my little brother at like oh age uh, like a year old and he's trying to walk and it's just what the world needs now is love, sweet love. And he's just like falling on his butt and like the cutest little baby. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. So anyway, not that it has anything to do with the show, but. <laughs> That's the other thing I remember about Burt Bacharach is that when I was growing up, the whole what the world needs now is love, sweet love was always considered like this really like, like awful, cheesy, trekly kind of 
um, behind every montage of something uber uber no, sweet no. or sappy or saccharine no, happening. No, I now I remember. Okay, it was a Madonna movie called Who's That Girl? And Griffin Dunn is like marrying somebody else and they're doing their vows and the vows are like spoken word of the lyrics to what the world now is, needs is love. And it's just, oh God, it's so bad. It's Dude, towards it's the end like, of the movie. It's mm-hmm. not a movie I've ever seen, so seriously, that's a thing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's, called, it's a Madonna movie called Who's That? It was like one of the first movies she did, like after Desperately Seeking Susan in the mid '80s. And oh. um, okay, and I she's like, she's like a, to watch it anyway. So. Oh, probably she was. Uh, it's like she is. Um, oh gosh, she she basically she gets out of a joint, and her um, the guy he's supposed to kind of escort her to her parole thing, and it just hijinks ensue. It's not the best movie, but I was a huge Madonna fan of the time. So I saw it like at least three times. Um, so uh, kind of getting back to the Burt Bacharach thing. The one thing I want to mention about this that I think is super interesting is that this is the last tribute episode and kind of a theme that kind of goes through the whole season is that they really shied away from trying to do like the major mega hit stuff that they've been doing like in seasons two and three and just kind of do things that they wanted. And you kind of could tell that like, they're like, we like Burt Bacharach. We want to do our last tribute to this particular artist because we like him. I wouldn't say that they're not mega hits though. I mean, they are, but like, they're just not, they're 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 new. They're like, like sing wasn't the biggest hits. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Sing wasn't, like, the biggest Ed Sheeran hit of that year, but I think it was about the time that they were shooting the episode. So, and I do like that song. Um, it's not the best yeah. one that Ed Sheeran Weren't put out there. these episodes shot, like, several months, I mean, several months before they aired? Like, they wrapped before any of the episodes aired, right? No, right. no, no. They were still, okay. Uh, well, I was there doing, like, the finale when it aired. Okay. It wasn't okay. that much. I specifically remember that they that Darren's birthday was when they were shooting the final episode. Yeah. Okay. And so they started airing them in March, though. It didn't no, start they started airing them in January. They aired them. Oh, January. they did. They, they ended aired them starting the end of January through February to the about March. middle of March. Okay. Um. So transitioning on to other things. Um. Uh. You know, you can't go wrong with an eight hundred piece. Seven, I don't remember how big it was, Trans Choir, but um, I'm not 200. 200? Oh, I just felt like a lot. I just like it should be a lot more, really. Um, That's what they could fit on the stage. I'm pretty sure the fire marshal would have fussed if they put anybody <laughs> else on there. That's true. Um, <laughs> it's true. But I'm glad that Unique got to come back and have a final, you know, uh, a little yeah, bit because, you know, her voice is so great and it, it is. Uh, I would have rather had way more of like unique and uh, and a lot of people brought back than the all the vocal adrenaline stuff we kept getting. So I know, I know, and we, but we also got Will rapping one last time. Oh, That's true, we did. I forgot about that though. <laughs> and simply so it was Max Lamar, so it's like why are you doing white rap? So it's <laughs> um, like the perfect song for him, right? The, the song you want to say, oh my God, shut up, to the person you want to say, oh my God, shut up. <laughs> Can we talk a little bit, uh, what do you guys feel about the, Rachel and Sam have a couple of duets, and mm. 
there's some there are some famous songs there, but like there, I don't know if their voices are the best ones that mesh on the show. They weren't. I mean, they weren't bad or anything, but I don't know. Oh if- well, I mean, it's. I mean, they were cute. I mean, in the context of like the scenes, <laughs> and it was a nice little mid-game kind of. Well, I don't know if you could really call it mid-game. It's a kind of mid-game for Sam and Mercedes, which we never really got resolution for. I'm still bitter about. Yeah. Um, but also, um, yeah, I mean, I, I could, they met, I think they meshed okay. I mean, I'm kind of prejudiced in that sense. I've seen Leah and Darren like perform live together since, and I just think, feel too. like they just fit better. But oh, they do. Well, I, even later on when um, uh, Jonathan Groff comes back and they have that one duet, yeah. and I'm like, okay, this is what sounds really great. I've yeah. So. I think well, they yeah. had More to have that. Sam date Rachel because. He's dating everybody else. Yeah. everybody else in the direction. He needed a whole set. Oh my goodness. I mean, he was basically like Brittany because remember, Brittany had to kiss Kurt because she had made up with everybody else in the school and he was the only one left. Yeah. (laughs) And she Um, did make out with Blaine, but only in technical, only in the, in a script, (laughs) only in a scripted scene that somebody else wrote in a fantasy. So, um, Um, Shout out to Mercedes singing all about that bass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is like one of my favorite versions of that song. I love her and uh, Noah Guthrie's voices together. They yes. sound so good. Yeah, that was so good. They should have just like had more of them together. All right. And like, full disclosure or, or just time. More of Mercedes in general. Somewhere I don't know why I did it. I think it was just like a goal. It was something like if I if I reach this many followers on Tumblr, or if I write this many paragraphs on my fanfic, or if I get published or whatever, I will do this. Somewhere in the dark recesses of Tumblr is a video of me in a red panda onesie, lip syncing to this song. Oh my goodness! <laughs> okay, guys, I, one of those I have so anything. many questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, it's one of those red panda. It's one of those kigurumis. Did a lot of alcohol go into this decision? Oh, no. I was totally sober. Oh, man. Do you remember about what time you did this? Because I can go to the archives and search. Honestly, it probably would have actually been during the final season. It would have been like 2015 or so. All right, guys. January through March. I was looking looking for, and it was like, and I think I got, honestly, I think I bought it from the same retailer that like Darren and Mia bought their onesies because you know they've got those little, they've got mm-hmm. them too. So, yep. didn't they use them for Halloween one year? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, I'm pretty sure one Wait, year he wasn't just that wore the it year to Dwayne Reed at the Christmas at the Teen Choice Awards or something. He did. He wore he wore one at Teen Choice Awards. But okay, here's this is a funny thing. I'm pretty sure. Well, they're interchangeable. I was gonna say he wore Mia's because I've seen Mia wear the same one. And then you just realize, shit, Darren and Mia are just the same size. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah more or less. They're like right. those compact. So. Um, okay, so let's talk about the, what did you guys think of the songs in the wedding episode? Not enough. I, I know it sounds weird, but I feel like that wasn't enough. And um, I really wanted them to be more couple specific. Mm-hmm. That, we talked about it in the episode a bit, but I just, you know, I feel like we got a lot of stuff that was very Britanna. I wish there had been something a little bit more personal for mm-hmm. Kurt and Blaine. Um, and then the R Day will come. I mean, it was the, they sang it fine. It's a nice song, but I it, never heard that song ever. Uh, that was I like had never heard it song. either. It's really pretty. It, it just is. feels like. It's it, a, a statement it's so, about marriage equality I know, more than I know. Yeah, 
<laughs> and actually, like, three months later, they <laughs> did marriage equality. So, I mean, they weren't wrong. It's just, it, for this particular episode, it felt like, well, you already had your day. You it was married. just like, uh, not to mention, I'm just like, hey, it's the Simpsons' job to predict the future. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, maybe this the the Simpsons are supposed to predict the dystopian future. So, yes, they did. <laughs> I'm yeah. that Matt Groening has sold his soul to the devil to be able to predict the future. So, oh, yeah. Mr. Thomas or what have you. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Um, it's like it's a wedding. It's romantic, and the only romantic song we got was at last. I mean, our day yeah. will come. It's romantic, but it's still kind of upbeat. Yeah, and then he's like "Hey Ya," which is a <laughs> hey ya. Song. Well, that was a <laughs> joke. I mean, yeah, hey ya. I like it as a song, and in a general sense, to like have everybody dance. No, I would have loved it's it in fun. a different episode. It but, is, but it's yeah, also it, yeah. like, our relationship is toxic, and here's why. <laughs> that's why I think that's what Audrey 3000 is singing about. Exactly. Oh, man. how toxic their relationship is. It is, which is a whole, even more hilarious when it, uh, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> oh, the choices, the choices. I feel like okay. they should have done Hey Ya in, like, early season five. It's more of, like, an early season five kind of song. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. could definitely see Like, a, a, a twerk. Mm, oh, kind that would have been yeah, she See, and I can. You could still have it because um, it's obviously a nod to Heather and and, and Naya. You can do mm-hmm. that with the middle of, of you know if they they could have done it. I don't know. I just now got that. Yeah, that's what they. That's why they picked it. What? <laughs> I just hey, got oh, Heya, no. which is their ship, which hey, is Heather uh, and Naya's ship oh, name. Hey, yeah. Oh. That's why I said they should never have a song called Chris Culver because then you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> You have spoken that shit into existence. <laughs> you know, some indie band twenty years from now will be singing about land of stories. It'll be called oh, Chris Colfer. <laughs> um, I'm sorry that I put that into existence. <laughs> I'll just say how much I love the moms. And yeah, they're sweet. I just I wish I something so else would have been there, but I get why they did it. Yeah, I mean, at least we got. Well, I was just mad that like there were glorious stuff. There were no nothing with Blaine and his mom other than like they looked at each other like they did dance <laughs> the episode like, like if you look closely but that was it yeah yeah and they had to have spent a good amount of money to get her to guest star so i can't imagine she well like i don't know i honestly at this point i think i think they could have just been doing a favor <laughs> yeah really <laughs> and um has Gina Gershon done anything with Ryan Murphy or anything? I, I, I don't know off the top of my head. I we'll don't have to look know into that. either. It feels like they would be in this similar, like. I wonder um, if she was on Orbit at some point or something. Mm, oh, I wonder if she was. A I lot of people were on the show, or... and I kind of lost track of the number of people mm-hmm. that have been on Nip Tuck or Popular and that popped up on other of his shows. So it's entirely possible that Nip Tuck ran for like, I don't know, like seven or eight years. So that's a lot of one-off characters. She wasn't. She wasn't? She wasn't? Okay. Well, then maybe she just knows somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I do see, according to Playbill, I did not know that she had once played Sally Bowles. Hmm. Oh, she would have been good. Yeah. Okay, so moving forward. um, 
Um, I'm kind of skipping over some stuff. There's an, like, there isn't really anything to talk about in the rise and fall of Sue Sylvester, and I'll save the Darren thing for a little bit later. Um, and then we built this Glee Club. We already really talked about all the 80s stuff. That And then um, when you said the worst song of the 80s, I actually thought you were talking about Mickey because I hate that song. I'm so I sorry. love that song. I I'm I'm sorry. love that song. <laughs> I find it, it so It comes irritating. on and I will sing it obnoxiously. <laughs> I will stand with you. I That's just funny. know the uh, Weird Al version. What's the Weird Al version? Hey, Ricky. Oh, it's Lucy and Ricky. Ricky and oh, Lucy. Ricky. <laughs> oh, Ricky. Hey, Lucy. You know, oh, I'm yeah, kind of surprised so that we never got any kind of parody thing like that, like Weird Al or even a Weird Al one. Interesting. I wonder why they did yeah, that. Yeah, Ricky and also cool. my Sharona is my Bologna. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh no, I, I still think that Weird Al needs to do an update to that and do my Patronus and do a whole Harry Potter thing. Oh, that would be really <laughs> hilarious. Oh. Um, so, um, oh, and then now, yeah, take me to church and chandelier. That I guess those were newer ones. I mean, those were. Um, yeah, okay. So interestingly, those were the New Directions competition songs. That's so, with not oh, yeah. Rachel and Kurt in charge. Well, well, all three of them, because this oh, was Rachel. Was Blaine. Blaine. Yeah, Blaine was there by that point, too. Yeah. So well, and Will. I mean, Will was there at that point, too. I mean, See, yeah. you know, at the point That's that um, this episode okay. came out, um, I hadn't seen the Chandelier uh, music video, so I was like, I what the haven't. hell is Myron <laughs> doing? I, I got <laughs> I kind of got what he was doing based on everybody else's reactions, so I know that that's vaguely what that's from, but I've never seen it either. Oh, man. Oh, you should see, like, the full video. It's really, it's actually, it's silly when Josie, as, when Myron, as Myron does it, but, I mean, it's actually really powerful when you look at Maddie Ziegler and the kind of dancing that she does. Yeah, it's, it's a really good um, music video. Yeah, um, and can I say, um, if anybody's looking for, like, an interesting, just... Just hyping up my hometown American Idol here for a moment. Um, look up Trent Harmon's performance of Chandelier. Um, particularly look up the one that he actually did for the show. It is really, really powerful. So, anyway. Okay. So, so going on to 2009, and we don't have, we don't oh, really whoa, have a whoa, lot whoa, of songs whoa, for this. Oh, you are, whoa, whoa, hold up. We haven't even what? covered Come Sail Away, which, you know, oh. which is just kind of a wonderful way of, like, sailing off into the sunset. Kind of That's song. That's true. It's how we kind You're of right. Because it really it was is like the end of song. the their story right there. It is really. I mean, that's like we we do see a glimpse of the final of them at the winning the championship in Dreams Come True. But other than that, that's really the last real new new direction. <gasps> oh, she is get. I trying to myself there. And <laughs> up until then, when I heard "Come Sail Away," I thought about South Park. <laughs> I gotta admit, I did too because that's what I did. <laughs> that one and Oh Holy Night where the cattle prod. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, and and it's, it's kind of an interesting thing that I think musically, yeah, it, this, the thing about season six, like, yeah, we are wrapping up, but they don't do a lot of. Uh, with as much meta stuff that they do in the season, I don't think musically they do as much, but you're right. This is one of the ones like, this is their last song as a Glee Club as we're going to know them. 
And it kind of wraps it. It's a nice song to end on. It's a nice way to, to yeah. you know, say this is the end of an era and we're going to run off to the sunset and we're going to be okay. Yeah. So. And as I recall, I'm, I'm, it's going to take me some time to find it. Um, I did some meta on um, the band sticks and the fact that they did this song on Glee, um, that this particular song. Um, let me see if I can even find it. Uh, okay. Of course, the search function in Tumblr totally sucks. <laughs> um, so well, it you know, never really one. has done what it's been purported to do, but it's worse now than it used to be. Yeah, I know. It's well, just let me see if I can find it. Whether it's tagged. Oh, okay. that's what I need to do. I need to go back to. I need to go back okay. to my. Y'all go ahead and keep talking. I'll right, interrupt. I'll interrupt later. Okay, cool. Um, 2009, the interesting thing is there's not really a lot of new songs in this. We do get the Rachel and Kurt popular, which is from Wicked, which is a duet. I think that's really a perfect number to end that, you know, friendship with. That To so, end it as it kind of began oh, yeah. in a weird sort of way. Yeah. And I actually love yes. this. Love them on that song. And aside from the fact that there's no way to make Chris Colfer look like he did in season one because yeah. he yeah. jumped because up like puber- because he got inches. punched with puberty vests. So. Yeah, you can't go backwards. <laughs> um, he got hit with the pretty puberty sticks. So, um, other than that, it was so much of them from season one, things that we liked about them and all of that, but it's also a really good song for their voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm glad that okay, I, I would say that the um, the Mika song popular the popular song oh, oh yeah, yeah. Ariana Grande well, they never did any Mika for some reason I don't know why everybody always wanted them to such I always a regret I mean everybody says oh. that Kurt would be so great for Mika but I always thought Blaine mm-hmm. I just um, think any anyway, those songs are so great it's kind of sad well, that yeah, he never yeah. did it. <laughs> Because okay, I, I, found, I found it. Okay, okay, so I found yeah, so I found it. I don't know if you want me to just direct people to the link or just go ahead Let's and read try, it. Because so. um, just a little bit, just because I know we you're, we're short for time, so I, okay. I yeah. Um, just, oh yeah, give a little snapshot maybe. Of okay, it. so uh, basically, this was my realization in the meta. The original New Direction's last competition episode that was led by Will. So we're talking like the season four movies uh, in City of Angels. They were beaten by a team that did uh, the song Mr. Roboto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Mr. Roboto essentially killed the old New Directions. In the Reborn Season 6 New Directions, first legitimate competition, because I'm not counting the Sioux uh, Invitational. Yeah, the Invitational. They won, they won with a set that included Come Sail Away. So, um, you know, we start with Styx being popular in the late 70s. Okay, I can get into a lot of history about Styx, about Styx and Dust Young, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, so the river sticks served as the boundary between earth and the underworld. Um, the greatest oath that God can make is to swear on the river sticks. When a God swears on the river sticks, they're bound for all eternity to keep that promise or else be paralyzed for a year and a day. Bodies dipped into the river will receive the gift of immortality. Um, so Mr. So here's, here's what really got me first. Um, Come sail away is about sailing to freedom. The singer is the captain and invites the audience to sail away and be free with him. These lyrics are especially important in the context of being close to the end of Glee. Reflections in the waves spark my memory, some happy, some sad. I think of childhood friends and the dreams we had. We lived happily forever, so the story goes, but somehow we missed out on the pot of gold, but we'll try best that we can to carry on. 
Angels appear imploring us to come sail away with them. But wait, in the last verse, we realize they aren't angels, but aliens inviting us to sail away on their starship. This is the song performed by the reincarnated New Directions at sectionals in We Built This Glee Club. By the way, Starship was the band that sang the We Built This City song. <laughs> that so, something very interesting. Remember the passage about being paralyzed for a year and a day. Mm-hmm. Okay? So, timing. City of Angels aired March 11th, 2014. We Built This Glee Club aired March 13th, 2015. Crazy. Factoring in, like, leap years and stuff, a year and a day. New Directions didn't die. They were paralyzed, and then they arose. Oh, yeah. That seems like it's... And then they rise. I I think sometimes the songs seem a little bit arbitrary or thrown in there, but I do think that they make some very pointed... And even if they weren't even thinking of that specifically, but I do think that they... Uh, take oh, and uh, they when they're not trying to play up to like this a certain trivia episode or trying to play up for like oh we just need a song in this thing I don't know I do think that they make some purposeful choices with their music yeah. so and there's a whole thing I put in there about also Mr. Roboto and Book Adrenaline being robotic but I am actually reblogging it right now so, okay um, well and and I'll remind you when we wear this too to reblog that or else I'll like it I'll and I'll make sure I can get that up there that when we, when we okay. do that so um okay right. so kind of uh, rounding out um let's do the f- talk about the finale and then let's talk about darren's written songs and let's talk about kurt and blaine and their music and we'll be good okay. okay so let's talk about um dreams come true and this is the last episode guys and i think the songs i think they they are really good for you know they're not huge crazy blockbusting showstoppers, but I think they fit the characters and round out the, the characters. Mm. Each of these songs, each of the main characters gets a song for the most part. Yeah. And it Basically. says something about them. You know, Will gets a song about teaching your children. Mercedes, you know, her big, you know, Diana yeah. Ross and Supreme song. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think, that, and I'll have to, again, look at some history, but it may be, it may have been about the time that Diana Ross was leaving the Supremes. Mm-hmm. And going off to do solo stuff, maybe? Probably. It makes sense. (laughs) Um, And Winner Takes It All, you know, with Sue. It's, you know, and and then, of course, we get um, Daydream Believer with Burkert and Blaine. And this time, Rachel's last solo um, being Darren's beautiful, beautiful this time. Um, And then I Lived. Which, what do you guys think of that as the final performance? It's... I love that this is the song they choose because it's really, really good. It's mm-hmm. not a song that I would have immediately gone for. Like, but I, I always kind of thought they'd go out on "Don't Stop Believing." I'm kind of glad they didn't. But to be honest it, with you, it, it works better for them not to have done that. So, yeah, I that. like that they reprised it in um, 2009. Yeah, or they just the original. original version of it. Yeah, and yeah. It, and with everything that we had gone through up until that point, I feel like that popping up in there at the end made it just so much more poignant because you know the journey that they're going to go on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, uh, the the Dreams Come True is about after. Like, yeah, 2009 is about, like, kind of wrapping up saying this is mm-hmm. where we came from and, and Dreams Come True is about, okay, this is... Where we're headed. This is, this is, you know, mm-hmm. our life post Glee. 
Yeah. And originally, when they shot these episodes, 2009 was slated to be the finale, and Dreams Come True was going to air before it. And then I'm they glad they did it. Yeah. yeah. I am Real glad they did, good. too. I mean, because, like, 11 <clears throat> is actually... We Built This Glee Club is actually the season finale of season six. And mm-hmm. 2009, like you said, is the look back, and Dreams Come True is the epilogue. And mm-hmm. I think each of these, you know, when you look at Come Sail Away, Don't Stop Believing," and I Lived, I think it is a, a great musical way to kind of have a final bow of this the, what it, it's not so much that it's uh, i think it these songs encapsulate what the show was and we're true to the, what the show was not necessarily like the you know last grandstand musical ending or whatever but it, it makes sense for this particular show so mm-hmm. well like teach your children had a lot of like a similar feel to it for like somewhere over the rainbow from season one mm-hmm. yeah I agree and then that. The winner takes it all is like that final wrap up between Will and Sue. Their feud is finally over. Or is it? Or is it? <laughs> I guess we'll never know. I mean, she does become the vice president or something. Oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, my God. I like, it's, well, it's, I'm just like, it, it, what I would not give to have that alternate timeline. I know. God, I'm sorry. I would love to have to. I would, please, God, yeah. I'd love to go back and have Jeb Bush. I know. Yeah, we were so like, oh God, that's that's horrible to even think of, and here we are. And like now, like but, yeah. Now we're anyway, like, oh, teacher what? children, for a bush. <laughs> teacher children, um, reminds me of the of Glee's first season fina- or series finale, which was at the end of season three. Um. I forgot what song it was, but um, oh, Will the one that Will the, sings, yeah, yeah, it's forever mm-hmm. young, forever young, yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. that one it, and and somewhere over the rainbow all have that same sort of stylistic vibe to it. It's um, mm-hmm. you know, it's the acoustic you sound. It's like that heartfelt thing. And but the thing that cracks me up about teacher children is that it's a room full of kids that we have no idea who. No, but you're they're not paying attention to us. He's singing to them. He's singing. I know he's singing to the audience, but still, it's right. No, he's singing to his original Glee Club. Yeah, yes, because Verbal and Isn't that one of the last scenes that they filmed? It was. It was. It was. It was was the the one where everybody was crying. Yeah, it was the last scene because it's like final rap on, and they start going through final rap on. I was just to this dance, like final rap on Chris Colfer, and then Chris just loses it, and I'm like, also, and I will link this when, um, when we actually do the episode and whatnot. There is a really fun thing on YouTube. You can watch "I Lived Twice as Fast," um, where they do the yeah. Uh, when they're practicing, they're yeah, they're practicing, and they do it twice as fast, and every it's so cute. Yeah, I think Harry posted that. I think Harry posted that. Harry posted it? Okay. One of them posted it, I know, and it just cracks me up. And then I'm just over here going, wow, they got Dijon Talton back. (laughs) (laughs) No. No. What happened? (laughs) Um, Okay, so let's talk about Darren wrote two songs for the season and got nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. So, okay. It was awesome. Let's actually talk about it was Rise. Totally awesome. Yeah. About this time for the end. But let's go okay. and talk about Rise first. Let's talk about Rise, Rise was actually a co-write. Uh, and is actually but the thing is, it's like it was co-written by, you know, buddies that he knew from Michigan. So like Theo Katzman and it's um, credited on the Wikipedia. Really? 
It's his original composition by Darren Chris. Well, but there's not a, yeah, because uh, Wikipedia is not great. I mean, yeah, it's or love info. Yeah, Wikipedia is not great. It's, I think actually, if you go to the Glee Wiki, that's going to be more accurate. Yeah. It does, it's, it's does say composer. Music. Yeah, for some reason, the file is saying I'm the composer. It's just simply saying Darren Chris. But yeah. I could absolutely swear that. Yeah, I think originally you're right that it was him, but it was also um, Theo Katzman. Now he I, he may have actually ended up getting like full credit for that, but. Um, let me put this up. Uh, all right, Bryce. Well, the thing about while well, you're because I'm trying to remember the other song because um, it was basically well, band members from his uh, Listen Up tour. I was gonna say because I know Theo was on his Listen Up tour. He opened for him, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't he play yeah. in his band uh, too? Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, Theo. Yeah, Theo was like drummer. Uh, would That's drum what I thought. Us, mm-hmm. I didn't actually get to go to the Listen Up tour. Oh, see, and I saw that yeah, one. But that's I didn't it. See. Okay. I didn't see I any actually of the. I think you're right, though. I do think I, I remember you hearing something about that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a it's a nice song for that moment because it is about New Directions kind of rising from the ashes of you know what they were and, and going into that theme of them coming back and and et cetera, et cetera. And, I can't, um, my, my mom pointed out the first time it, it aired, uh, that they looked like they were wearing Captain Kangaroo jackets. (laughs) 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 I mean, I get it because it's a design based off of Dalton and McKinley's colors, but, um, yeah. I was going for the, um, do y'all remember a comedian named Jerry Clower? No, he was no. like a he was like a hee haw country mainstay. He's actually from my home state, and but he was uh, he was one of those like seventies, eighties, you know, original redneck comedians. Always talked about you know old folks in his um. Anyway, uh, yeah. Okay, okay, here it is. Okay, this is in this is an old clip from Glamour magazine. For some reason, they've removed the others. Um, and where is it? Um. Okay, the song was. Da, 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 da. Damn it, we're, oh, it was the text was on the um, Sam Holland. Oh, Sam Hollander. Uh, okay, Chris wrote the song with Theo Katzman, Sam Hollander, Andrew Thielk, Eddie Montilla, and Corey Richmond. That is banned from Listen Up. I think most of them are. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, See, nothing I've ever looked at that I looked at has ever credited anyone other than Darren. Hmm. I think, yeah, because if you go back to media from like 2015, it'll show all the co-writers. For some reason, I don't know, maybe they just signed it off to him or something. For some reason, I've noticed in the most recent stuff, it's just Darren. Hmm. Maybe they did. Yeah. Probably for the Emmy. No, because the Maybe. Emmy was for this time. Wait, I was going to say the Emmy was for this time, though. But and this time pop- he wrote by yeah. himself. But yeah. here's the thing: they may have submitted right. They may have submitted oh, both. Oh, I thought it was. For- oh no! Okay. This time I mixed I think- them up. I thought the- okay. Okay. this time got nominated. I don't know if both of them got submitted. 
Um, okay. Yeah, this time yeah. was the the best. I mean, not to, I'm not at all because I think Rise is a great song and Underlooked. I think people because of this time they kind of forget that Rise is a thing, and I think they should go back and listen to it because it's great. But this time, I, I prefer Rise. Oh, do you really? Huh. Interesting, because this time just blows me away. But I love this time. It's it sort of hits at all of the. It hits all your nostalgia buttons in a in a sort of sentimental way, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. But what cracks me up is I love that he wrote it for like this big sweeping orchestra, and all they had was Rachel singing by herself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I get, I get why they did it. It probably was also cheaper because I think the original idea that Darren, mm-hmm. I, I swear in an interview, he said this that he wanted it to be over a montage of like everybody, and um. They just had Rachel walking through the school, and I'm guessing that was probably cheaper to shoot. And at this point, they were just like, "Whatever, we can." I think Fox was trying. Fox was already trying to like, "Okay, come on, get out of here. We got another show to put on the put on this." Yeah, (laughs) we need to strip these sets. We play. We please just go. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. Um, I I do think it it works, although I mean, just the I, I don't know. I really like it, but. Okay, so let's really quickly run down. Um, there, oh, so let's talk about Curtin Blaine, and they don't sing a lot in this season. But two things I want to point out. One, I do think that there's a musical arc there. It's just other people are singing about them. And two, um, all of their their songs are to, mostly together, and mm-hmm. I think that's purposeful. I mean, they have three duets, um, and I, I think it's just purposeful to show that they are you know, together as this couple and yeah, I feel like, yeah, but with season, with season five, it was kind of like wrapping up bare season five was really, it was wrapping up their storylines as individuals. And mm-hmm. season six was really all about the breakup and re- reunion of Clayne. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, that's really what it came down to. And yeah. <laughs> honestly, I think it was a little bit wild. Chris and Darren were both kind of over it by the end. So. Yeah, I was going to say, and mostly I think, I know Chris for sure. I can't speak really on Darren's perhaps, but like, I know that Chris said something somewhere that is like, yeah, they were given the choice of what they wanted to do. And he said, I just didn't want to sing as much. So there we go. He, but well, he was yeah. always really particular about when and how and what he sang yeah. anyway. So that he's got actually so many me. great songs through the years. So many yeah. great Broadway like power songs. Mm-hmm. So, and I think Chris down deep down, Chris is like, I'm not I'm not like the others where it's like I always have like a song in my heart or what have you. It's right. just like Chris is like, look, I'm a writer. I just happen to be able to sing. And frankly, I got all the songs I wanted. And well, so, and he also really doesn't of, think he's that good. Yeah, <laughs> which is sad. Yeah. But I think so it's that in might the have end, had something like, to do with it too. Yeah, like I, I think it's a combination of all of it. He's, he's, it's his own confidence in his singing, which I, I think is unfounded. But hey, I can't tell him how to feel. Uh, yeah. But also, it's just like you know what? I, I'm pretty much I've done all the songs I want to do, and I'm good. Just kind of letting other people take the mic. Well, and I wonder if some of it is a time factor too. So a lot. He was of already working on other stuff too. Yeah, he was, so. and I mean, so the other people were starting to work on some other stuff, and I think that uh, they all, you know, less songs means less time in the recording studio. So right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, with it's too late. 
Uh, some of the songs just felt so final, though. Like the song in the Hurt Locker Part Two, when they're singing "It Must Have Been Love, But It's Over Now," and I'm just like, "That's an awfully final song to sing when you're While they're just kissing kind and of while they're making out." I know it's some interesting choices there, but I think I, I feel like they were trying to be. I don't know if I'm sure wasn't during father figure. That's true. <laughs> 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 like, thanks for making up, Lane. Now I'm gonna go 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 out on a date with a guy who's saint older than my dad. Oh my <laughs> god! I feel like there's some of that in there too, though. Um, but yeah, and then but I do love um, the their last two are um, somebody who loves you and daydream believer, which I think are perfect songs for the two of them i i like um uh yeah the somebody loves me um somebody loves you it's by betty who who mm-hmm. is uh, a great job on that song. yeah <laughs> i, I like well was in the video for betty who's uh for Be- for that one for the betty who's somebody loves you but kevin McHale was actually in that video mm-hmm. okay yeah um but i like it because uh in the in the plot uh, uh, Kurt picked it out. He yeah. chose it, mm-hmm. and like we always had, like Blaine, except for candles for some reason. Um, he always spoke through his songs, to, mm-hmm. like uh, in Declaration of Love. To like that's his love language, speaking through songs. Yeah. Um, and so this was like Kurt speaking. Like, if you watch the performance, Kurt like barely looks at. It's a flirty duet, but Kurt like barely looks at Blaine, and Blaine is like hard eyes for for Kurt. And well, after, Kurt after is, it, they kiss. So like, yeah. Well, Kurt's not a direct guy. I mean, Kurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not looking at Blaine, and even the words. It's like somebody loves you, but it's like somebody hint hint nudge nudge. Know what I mean? Know what I mean? Somebody. Um, <laughs> but it, it's really it's like love, it's, it's Kurt you. using Blaine's love language. But mm-hmm. in a, or, yeah, he's, he's using Blaine's love language, but he's shaping it in a way that Kurt would do it. Yeah. So well, and Kurt's the whole reason why they got the duet in the first place, because he manipulated the board when it was mm-hmm. duet partners. Yeah. So it's supposed um, to manipulate. It's the Slytherin in Kurt. It is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before before we talk about DJ Believer, because I want to save that for last, um, let's uh, talk about... Uh, uh, the Blaine and um, Rachel duet at the beginning suddenly Some Seymour, Seymour, which oh, I like. I love it. It oh, is it's so good. I, it's so good. I love that that bit. Um, God, I, what I wouldn't give to see them do Little Shop of Horrors to see Darren and Leah yeah, do that. That would be great. They would I, be so good in that. I also wanted to talk talk about Sing just for a quick second. I think I said it in the episode, but I the thing about that song is that like. I don't know, 70% of it is that the head warbler it's guy. Like warbler and super gay warbler. And then yeah. when Darren comes in, I'm like, oh, thank God. It's not so bad, much better. You spend yeah. the whole time waiting for Darren or Blaine to oh, come in. Blaine. You're like, come yeah. on. This is, yeah. you know, as soon as Dalton Academy Warblers and Blaine Anderson, where is Blaine? And then he pops up in the middle of the song. You're like, oh, yes. Yeah. I don't, and I don't know if I'm just used to it or if it's just because I am a Darren fan musically or what, but I'm just like, okay, this is like, this is, you know, I feel like the other, like the other warblers, not to knock them, but they were like kids' bop yeah. versions. It's like, mm-hmm. so. and where it's like, I mean, that's a sensual song. I mean, Ed Sheeran, is, as much as he looks like a hobbit, he, you know, it's a, 
it's a sexy song. And I think and that kind of Ed Sheeran stuff is really in Darren's wheelhouse, I think, vocally. Yeah. And also attitudinally. Can we talk about a song that just real quickly, a song mm-hmm. I wish that Chris yeah. and Blink done, but they didn't, and that's Rather sure. Be. As far oh, as I'm really? concerned, my version of Rather Be in my brain forever will be the one that I wrote in the fic. <laughs> because as far as I because when I heard the spoiler for Rather Be, it was right after the wedding. I thought it was gonna be some kind of glorious honeymoon montage. Like there's no oh, place I'd rather man. be. And I could have heard Kurt and Blaine. And then when I found out it was just a that's just fucking the new newbies. And I was like, ah, oh, okay. Well, I mean, mm. it sounds fine on it. <laughs> Whatever. That would have been an interesting choice, though. Why didn't they do more montages? I don't, I'm kind of surprised they didn't do more montages over, like, action sequences or things that yeah, happened. But, yeah, and I just freaking love that song. Yeah, the, it's a great song. Yeah. There, this is such a good one. And I was just like, because I've been hearing it on those Coca-Cola commercials that whole time. And I was just like, ah, I love this song. We're doing this song. And then it's like, it's, but it's not the people I want doing the song, doing the song. Which we I, can do. I, when we get to the regular music episode, the general music episode, mm-hmm. there's going to be a whole segment to songs I wish had been done by playing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, just the, I was going to say in general. But yeah, we can do that. Um, so, um, Randy, I, I oh, love sorry, ahead, the, the um, home Oh yeah! Oh, and Chris gets to sing in that little register. Yes, yeah, and it it it, like I I always take um, "Loser Like Me" and "Homecoming" together. It's I mean they aired as one, and um, just they they flow as one um, episode, really one two hour episode. Mm -hmm. And and so like you have at the beginning of "Loser Like Me," they're they're like home but like not happy home and they're kind of yeah. like uncertain and home at the end of homecoming mm-hmm. it, like the song talks about like kind of oh you're my home being and, at home yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's home as a person not home as a place and he's not home he's looking over you know mm-hmm. blaine and dave and he's like that's mm-hmm. my home and somebody else is living in it but also, oh, they are, they are home, and and that's where they're going towards. Like, mm-hmm. that's, it's kind of like the season is going to take yeah. us home. Yeah, mm-hmm. that too. It's a lot of, uh, yeah. Um, so, Daydream Believer, um, I just want to, this, my personal, mm-hmm. this is one of my personally favorite songs of all time. I don't yeah. care if no, everybody mm-hmm. else hates it or whatever, but it is one no, of my, I mean, no, I, no, I love yeah, it. I love this song. Uh, I have. I, I heard the like original it, but... over the weekend. Somebody uh-huh. had um, some radio on, and they and I heard the original Monkeys version. I was like, oh! And now I realize that we only have half of Monkeys left. Oh, that's Aww. true. Well, that's... Because Peter Tork and Davy Jones are both gone now. Well, and, and it, it bore the this podcast. I was yeah. Gonna, yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like the reason this podcast is named Two Days of Believers" is because of the song. Because I've always mm-hmm. loved the song, and when mm-hmm. I heard Kurt and Blaine were gonna sing the song as their last duet, I just I oh my god! Favorite ever singing my favorite song ever. Oh my god! Exactly. Yeah. So I I got I I am not. You know, very, and we'll talk a little bit more when we do the general podcast about like things yeah. that we wish would have been on. But like, um, I'm really kind of happy with the song selection that they got and the you know the duets that they got and everything. And to end it with this, I, I mean, I, I probably would have yeah. done without the little kid choir at the end. But yeah. you know, it 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 works. And yeah, that's 
the thing about season six in general, kind of as a way to wrap it up, I I think that it's some underrated stuff in there. Yeah, there is a lot of vocal adrenaline that they could have totally done without. Yeah, mm-hmm. we didn't really need a lot of the soothes in there. But I think a lot of the song choices they put in there were purposeful. And a lot of the songs are are, you know, saying their way of saying goodbye to the show and have multi-layers to them. So when mm-hmm. you go back and listen to season six again, um, listen to some of the song choices that are a little bit closer and they're there for a reason. So, yeah, okay. I think we do a really good job with song selection. We did a good job with with kind of uh, giving us a mix of things that fit with the plot, but also things that were kind of a throwback to not necessarily exact songs of season one, but kind the of 80s the 80s feel though, of season one. Yeah. So do we wanna... with Daydream Believer, you know, we have the um Daydream Believer and Homecoming Queen. But mm-hmm. I mean he was a prom queen, but like prom it's, queen. It was prom perfect. homecoming. Yeah. It's one yep. half a dozen of the other. Yep. Yeah, so. yeah. Same thing. But like yeah, that's that's how they are. That's it, yeah, it's a perfect song for them. And yeah, it's it's a great season for songs. Like okay. Probably second in my seasons for songs. Yeah. Season four is my all-time favorite, but... One last two quick little shout-outs as far as songs. And they aren't actually... And they aren't clean songs, so I apologize. But just quick mentions that I wanted to make. Yeah, sure. Um, first off, the um, just the, the humor. And I don't know if it's because they still had a little bit of the something against Naya the way season five ended. But the fact that... They oh. gave her an Ariana Grande song right yeah. after she oh. big song up. Um, I thought that was like I thought it was a little shady. Um, no, probably was. Um, <laughs> but also the um, the fact that they finally did Arthur's theme years after Finn. How had, can you be uh, halfway between the moon and New Year's? <laughs> 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 we're like a hundred miles apart, and that they, yeah. and, uh, and that they did that, and you can't say that. And you can't say that, you know, they didn't show up, but you can't say that as Rachel was sitting there thinking, listening, that she didn't think a little bit. She wasn't thinking about that. Everyone who was in the choir room that day was thinking about that somewhere in the back of their head. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up with favorite performance from season six. Uh, Go. And then we'll. Oh, God. Okay. Favorite claim performance, Somebody Loves You. Favorite performance overall, Will You Love Me Tomorrow, Head Over Feet. Uh, oh, wait. I, shoot. Um, no, I want to break free. <laughs> okay. You can t- <laughs> you, <laughs> I was just going to say, I think my choices are exactly the same because my favorite claim performance is Somebody Loves You. But my favorite performance this season is I Want to Break Free. Yeah. That's a good one. We need more Billy Lewis. I'm glad Laura Dreyfus has got Dear Evan Hansen and everything, but we need more Billy Lewis. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Uninvited, home, and uh, I lived. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It my daydream believer, and I lived. And this time, this it just isn't. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. This time. this time. Awesome. All right. Well, I want to thank you guys for joining me on this whirlwind season six wrap. It was kind of nice that there's only 13 episodes. It helps. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, and anything we didn't cover we'll cover in the general music the general, episode, yeah so. um yeah there's going to be a general music podcast where we kind of go through a lot of cool stuff so uh, be on the lookout for that um and then we'll be continuing our season six wrap-up stuff in the next coming weeks and yeah so i hope you guys have a great sunday and thanks everybody for joining me but it's too late
but now they're okay. Only me or my, you're the apple of my eye, girl. I never loved one like you. Found you hiding here, so won't you take my hand, darling? There's nothing that can stop you from becoming popular, Lar. Say